When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by James Cratch and Dan Duggan. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. They were at MetLife Stadium on Sunday to watch the Giants lose once again. 27-22 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, dropping to 0-5. You know, I think, guys, as we we break this down and go into it and look forward, this we could probably classify as the worst regular season Giants loss and day in a very long time. Injuries abound. Odell Beckham's season looks over. The Giants season is over. Everything is in a flux moving forward. Um, I, I just keep coming back to this, James, to start us off. Five weeks ago, we were talking about this team being a playoff team, making a run, looking forward and having their eyes on the Super Bowl. Five weeks later, it feels like the franchise has been flipped upside down again. They've already lost as many games as they did all of last season. I mean, what was the feeling there that you felt in that stadium, in that locker room, when that whole thing came to an end yesterday? I I think they're stunned, bewildered, angry. I mean, embarrassed. It's. I think this kind of sums up everything. The Chargers have basically no home. They play in a soccer stadium. They left San Diego. Their fan base has abandoned them. They had lost nine straight games dating back to last season. The last time the Chargers had won before Sunday was November 27th of last year. To give Giants fans some context, the Giants were in Cleveland that day. JPP had, I think, three sacks. They demolished the Browns, and that team was just rolling. The Chargers fly across country. They have a 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff, and they beat the Giants at home in MetLife Stadium. That is how pathetic this Giants season has gotten. And with the injury to Beckham, which we'll get into, everything about it, I mean, it was over before Sunday, but I think it really hit home, I think, to the base, and I assume to the players and the coaches, that they are possibly the biggest flop in the history of New York sports, which is pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really much to talk about from the game. I, I think we need to kind of start spinning it forward. But, I mean, what a mess. Worst team money can buy. I mean, Dan, that was – it's it's bad. I mean, it's bad in every way. They are a bad football team that now is, is going to be talent efficient moving forward because the wide receiving core was depleted yesterday. And – and the biggest story off of the game, off of what actually happened in the field, and we'll get to everything off the field and what happens next, but Odell Beckham, who's the best player this franchise has, is now, you know, having, he has a serious injury. I mean, he's been battling an injury since August, but now this one requires surgery and is going to end his season most likely. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's done, and it's one of those deals where even if he somehow could come back, what would be the point? But uh, yeah, I think this is a serious enough injury where that's not even going to be an option. Uh, I mean, there's a, so many different ways you can look at this. I mean, just from the on-field perspective, again, they're 0-5 and they're done. But this, remember how bad they were in week one without Odell? 
we're gonna have to watch that for 11 weeks now. I mean, I can't even. This team's gonna be absolutely unwatchable. It's gonna be such a horrendous stretch. I mean, I remember watching Sunday Night Football last night, and uh, they were kind of trying to tease the game ahead, and they basically were, ah, the Giants, they'll show up. I mean, it was it was a rough a rough sell uh, on the broadcast to try and get people to tune into that one. Because um, at least with Odell, at least you know it'd be interesting and you'd have to watch. Um, but yeah, now I mean, for him, it's uh, it, it, what a season it's been. I mean, just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for him. You know, starting with the injury in the preseason, you could go back further. I mean, it's just been uh, the controversy is going back to skipping OTAs and then wanting to be the highest paid player in the league. Uh, he didn't hold out, didn't get the big contract. And now this what this is what happens. Have to wonder if there's any regrets uh, on his end. Uh, it's gonna be fascinating uh, to see how the Giants proceed. I know James wrote about it on Monday morning. Uh, you know, John Mara. Uh, basically guaranteed Odell's getting paid. Well, now he has this, you know, significant injury. Uh, when does that payday come? Uh, he's on the books next year for about eight and a half million. Uh, do they do they give him an extension before, you know, seeing him get back on the field and being sure that he's 100%? Because if, if one thing this franchise knows uh, is that they've had great wide receivers go down with injuries and, and never be the same again. And, you know, no one's expecting that with Odell with this type of injury. I mean, he should be able to recover and, and get back to full strength. But uh, that has to be a little bit scary when you start talking about making a long-term commitment. Uh, so it's just going to be a mess. I mean, like I said, the season is going to be a mess without him and and how they handle him going forward. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what the answer is there because, again, I mean, this is a, this is a big injury. And where he's at his contract status, I just can't see giving a guy, uh, you know, a huge extension uh, at this point. So uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how, how everything unfolds with Odell going forward here. It is. And James, when you consider the Odell injury, the uncertainty now with him moving forward and, and like you wrote about this morning, Maris promised and do they pay him? What do they pay him? Uh, he's their best player. We don't know now what his short and long term future looks like. Uh, their quarterback, Eli Manning's clearly passed his his best days and is on the back end. The team is 0 and 5. Uh, the head coach we've questioned all year. The fan base seems to be tired of the GM is on a second coach. If this coach doesn't work. Uh, I don't think many GMs get to pick a third NFL head coach. I, I can't think of a time, maybe when they fired Jim Fossil, when, it, when they were trying to pick Tom Coughlin. I mean, I, I just can't think of a time the future of the Giants looks so uncertain, which is amazing because we were talking big things five weeks ago. Yeah, Joe, and I mean, I would throw the owner in there too. I mean, you know, John Mara, you know, he's kind of been out of the public eye, you know, over the past year or so. He, he did make the comment about the, the dog peeing thing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, are we going to hear from him at some point soon? I mean, is he going to come out and try to stabilize this this franchise and, you know, kind of, I don't know if he can guarantee that, you know, people are going to be back in 2018, but is he going to try to, you know, at least leave hints that, you know, he, he's he's comfortable moving forward with the with the front office and the, and the coaching staff as is. I think he's in a really interesting tough spot with with Beckham too because he was very effusive in his praise in the preseason and basically said you know hey Odell deserves to be paid a lot of money we're gonna pay him a lot of money he doesn't have anything to prove to us maturity wise but yet he curiously wouldn't commit to opening negotiations with Odell in his camp and wouldn't give him a time frame for when they were gonna give him the money it was he was kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth and I think at this point, look, Odell did everything the Giants wanted him to do. He, he showed up to minicamp. He showed up to training camp. He didn't hold out. He came to work. He played football. He assumed the injury risk that, I mean, he knew was there and everyone knew was there. Uh, now it's happened. Now he's injured. He, he's 
guaranteed the money next year because the fifth-year option is guaranteed for injury. But beyond that, it's up in the air. And I I really wonder, logically, you can't really give him a major deal until you see him get back on the field and prove that he's still the same player. But at the same time, you know, John Merriman basically promised him this money. And you have to wonder, I mean, do the Giants have to – sign of good faith, give him a pay raise next year, you know, just to do well right by him after he did right by them. I mean, do they offer him a short-term extension to kind of give him some money, bump up his pay, and then assess the situation? Uh, It's a really, really shaky spot. I mean, this injury was kind of the worst-case scenario for the Giants, for Beckham, for everyone involved. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess because of this player, because of what's gone on the summer before. I mean, he wanted his money. He didn't get his money. I mean, Dan, you think about James mentioned John Mara here, and this probably would be a good time for him to speak because I think the fan base has questions. They're angry. They want answers. And if the owner doesn't speak, if you guys, if we don't all get some sort of clarity on what this thing is moving forward, or what at least they're thinking now, well, the question is going to be raised. I mean, every week, every loss, it'll be, is McAdoo going to survive this? And then the questions about the roster and Jerry Reese. Um, do you think that owner should say something? And do you think it matters? Or do you think they're just going to let him flounder here for the next 11 weeks until uh, this season comes to, a, uh, I guess, a merciful end for the Giants? Yeah, well, I mean, aside from the uh, Odell comment about the celebration, Mara doesn't speak, you know, during the season very often. So uh, it would be out of character for him to, you know, step to the podium, uh, you know, tomorrow and, and address the 0-5 start. I'm not sure what that would accomplish unless he's going to come with a definitive plan. I mean, what, what else is he going to say? If he, unless he comes out and fires Jerry Reese or Ben McAdoo, if he gets up on the podium and gives some lukewarm endorsement and says, we'll see what happens at the end of the year, that, that's only going to make things worse, I think. As much as we would like to hear from him, I think he's kind of in a no-win situation unless he knows what he's going to do, and I can't imagine that he does. So I think you know, actions are going to speak louder than words. I mean, when the season ends, he's obviously going to have to address things depending on where things go. I mean, I don't think anyone is ex- any one of us expects him to turn this thing around. So, I mean, if they're sitting there 2-14 and 14 on January 1st, you know, again, Mara's actions will speak plenty loud then. Um, because, I, I, again, I just don't know, you know, what he can say right now. I mean, he's not going to fire McAdoo today. I mean, I know a lot of fans might want that. What would that accomplish? I mean, they're 0-5. It's not a situation where they're going to turn things around 0-5 without their best player. So, you know, firing him would just be rearranging, you know, chairs on the Titanic. So I think they, they're probably going to have to ride this out again because nothing's going to change if you made an in-season move. They're not, you know, one move away where you, you light a fire and, and they'll turn things around. I mean, this season is, is dead. It's done. Um, so... I'd be very surprised if he speaks because, again, as James said, he really hasn't been, uh, you know, doing many public speaking engagements uh, in the recent past. So I think you're just going to ride this out. Certainly, um, McAdoo is going to get those questions about the hot seat, especially if this continues. And Jerry Reese, you know, typically speaks during the bye week. So that should be uh, quite a press conference, knowing how he how contentious he can be with the media. Uh, I'm sure that won't be very comfortable for him. So. I mean, listen, it would be maybe they'd love it if the owner came out and said, hey, these guys have jobs for life. He can't say that. They're big boys. They're in these high pressure, high spotlight positions. They have to deal with the scrutiny. And again, it's not going to be comfortable for McAdoo, but that's what you get paid for. And uh, if you win some games and you don't have to answer these questions. So uh, I don't really have too much sympathy for him. And I don't really think it's necessarily Mara's uh, job to to put his neck on the line. Cause again, there's no way he can say with certainty what's going to happen because if they go 0 16, obviously he's gone. If they go 11 and five, which we know is not going to happen. He's obviously back. So uh, you got to just let things play out in my opinion. Do you think James, he can survive this? Let's start with McAdoo. Let's talk about Jerry Reese. I mean, yesterday uh, our columnist for NJ Vance, me to Steve Politi said it's time to clean house. Uh, I think a lot of giants fans 
field that might be the right direction, or maybe we'll move towards that as 0-5 snowballs into whatever it ends up as. I, you know, James, I saw on Twitter last night you were kind of thinking about what this might look like at the end, 3-13, and or you know something to that effect. It's going to be bad, especially now with Odell. Um, let's start with McAdoo. Can he survive this? I, I feel like we had this conversation a little bit when they start off 0-3 and just can he survive a bad year. And I think we all thought, well, he went 11 and five last year. The Giants don't really switch coaches that easily. But I don't know if we've ever seen this kind of extreme where you go from 11 and five, the playoffs to, you know, this in a one year span. Yeah, Joe, it's so complicated, in my opinion. I mean, I know you said start with McAdoo. I feel like we have to start with Jerry Reese. And here's why. All right, because let's start with Reese then. Yeah, just because John Mara has, and we'll get back to John Mara, he set himself up. He has set himself up for this because when after 2015, when he nudged Tom Coughlin, you know, he pushed him out the door and he kept Jerry Reese in place. And look, I think, look, there are there is plenty of evidence to say that Jerry Reese should be fired, I think. I mean, it, I don't think that's in dispute. If you wanted to fire Jerry Reese today and the Giants are not going to do that, you've got plenty of ammo, I think, to do it. But to get back to what I was 2015. You fired the head coach or forced him out, however you want to phrase it. You kept the general manager. That was a half measure. And then when you promoted McAdoo and kept Spags and, and kept Tom Quinn and promoted Mike Sullivan, you know, and basically kept the staff intact, it, it was a half measure. So now you're in a situation here, in my opinion, where I think there's more to justify keeping McAdoo at this point than Reese if you if you decide, okay, we need to make a move. Just because McAdoo made the playoffs last year, it's his second year, he's a young head coach, you believed in him. I think it's a very good argument to make, even though this year has been a disaster, that John Mayer would still believe in Ben McAdoo and think you know, that he can be a good coach and what the Giants need. But I don't see how you could justify firing Jerry Reese and keeping Ben McAdoo. Because we saw what happened across town when the Jets fired Mike Tannenbaum, kept Rex, brought John Idzik in. It was a complete disaster. They eventually had to clear house. I feel like you're setting yourself up for that. You're either setting yourself up for a bad situation where you have a head coach who has completely struggled in his second year, coming off a dumpster fire of a season, and now you've hired a general manager from the outside, potentially, who didn't hire the head coach that doesn't work in the NFL or you're going to get yourself in a situation where you're threading a needle to replace Reese basically saying okay we need to go hire a general manager that wants McAdoo as the head coach well I feel like at that point you, you get in a situation where I mean what are you doing there are you are you promoting a guy like Kevin Abrams or Mark Ross I mean that's basically copying what you did with Tom Coughlin and that hasn't really done much it seems are you basically you know, cherry picking a guy like Dave Gettleman, who has a pass with the franchise, and you're saying, well, you know, basically he wants a job, so he'll be able to work with McAdoo. I just feel like if you keep the head coach and don't keep the general manager, it's not a good setup. No more half measures for John Mara. He either needs to clean house, as Steve wrote on Sunday night, and blow everyone out and completely start fresh, which is something the Giants historically don't do, or he needs to batten down the hatches keep everybody there and try to find a path forward. And if you keep everyone there, in my opinion, you need to, you need to have a broad multi-year plan because Giants fans, I think are starting to come around to this. They tried to win now with Eli. It failed miserably. The window, in my opinion, is shut. 
you might Eli might be here for another year or two, and of course you're going to try to win games and be competitive. But the Giants need to start building the bridge. The Super Bowl window is likely, barring something unforeseen, slam shut. Jake Elliott probably slammed it shut when he kicked that 61-yard field goal in Philadelphia. They need to start planning for the future, and they need to have a multi-year plan. And look, I mean, it's John Mara's sell job. If he thinks that Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo are the guys that he wants to operate this plan and bring the Giants into their new era, then that, that's his decision. He's the owner, but he's going to have to go sell it. I think it's going to be a very tough sell. But I don't think you can keep McAdoo and get rid of Reese. It's all or nothing at this point. You had your one shot to do the half measure with Coughlin. It hasn't worked. Now you've got to make a stance. Take, it's a fork in the road. You've got to take one side. Yeah, it's not easy, Dan. I mean, the Giants have a lot to try to figure out here between now and, and I guess, Black Monday and what they're going to do and if they're going to reset this thing. I, I have no idea if the next 11 weeks, how much it impacts it. You know, if they if some of these young guys play a little bit better, if they win some games, does that save jobs? I, I don't even know how Mara approached this, but here's what I just keep looking at it in terms of, is it time to completely blow the whole thing up? And I mean, Jerry Reese included in that. The Giants have won double-digit games. I, I kept thinking last year that maybe it was just an anomaly what we were seeing because it just felt weird. Like, they had been bad for a while, then they got really good, and now they're back to being bad again. They won last year. I can't take it away from them. But the Giants have won double-digit games in a season once since 2010, and that was last year. Uh, they're going to have their fourth losing season out of the last five. I mean, typically, Dan, in the NFL, when you're that kind of team, a big reset's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah, and I think one thing that you have to hope doesn't happen, the Odell injury can't be used as an excuse because, I mean, they were 0-4 with him in the lineup. The offense was broken. His flashes of brilliance was the only thing that made it somewhat functional, but they can't look at it at the end of the season and say, hey, we went 2-14, and but if we only had Odell, because they had him long enough to know that this team was not a winning team, and granted, I think it's just going to you know, completely bottom out without him. But like you said, when you look at it, from that Super Bowl year, they went nine to seven, seven to nine, six and ten, six and ten, eleven and five, now zero and five with you know no end in sight to the losing. Second time in what three or four years that they've started out zero and five. Uh, I mean, it's like you said, you need to just you know take the match and just torch it. I think at this point, I mean, James said Reese survived twenty fifteen. That was debatable. Had the big rebound in twenty sixteen. That looks like fool's gold. Uh, we, you know, went out, spent a bunch of money. It's not like he really built a team with a bunch of great draft picks. You're looking at Eric Flowers, top 10 pick, complete bust. Eli Apple, top 10 pick, well on his way to being a bust. And he's getting benched and not happy about it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. Um, but I don't know. I don't know exactly where they go. They don't have a real direct line because they're kind of caught in between. Because like James said, they went for it. <laughs> so now you have all these guys who are in their late 20s, on huge contracts. I mean, I know James, there's a few guys he thinks could maybe get axed to, to clear some cap space, but then what are they going to go do with that cap space? I think they're kind of stuck with a lot of the core of this roster. They have big decisions coming up with Odell, Landon Collins. So it's not like they can, I don't think they can tear down the roster. I mean, unless they really get drastic and, and, and cut ties with Eli, which I mean, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think it's gotten to that point, but I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I don't, you know, whether it's Reese or some other GM, I don't know that there's some solution that, oh, they just have to do this and then, you know, hit it on a draft pick early and, and they'll be right back in contention. I don't, they're, they're just stuck in that no man's land where they have a veteran team built to win that isn't winning. And a lot of these guys, like I said, locked up with, with big contracts, big cap hits. So there's no there's no real help on the way next offseason that I can see. Um, so I think, yeah, you, you basically burn it down as far as the you know front office and coaching staff probably. 
And then you have to just, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm, I'm still so stuck on where they go with having Eli as the quarterback. Will this franchise really move on from the guy who's, you know, represents them so well, who, you know, Mara loves so much. Um, I don't know. That's what's going to be I mean, the most fascinating thing to see how that plays out. I think the one thing that fans need to understand about Eli, and this is just my personal opinion. I do not look, he has no trade clause and he wouldn't get anything back on a trade anyway. So this whole idea that like, they're going to flip him to the Jaguars for like this boatload of picks that that's stupid. The second thing is I truly, I don't think Eli is the guy who's going to go someplace else to play out the string. I think if the giants went to Eli and said, look, we need to make a change. And this is just my personal opinion, no reporting here. I think Eli would just retire and, and go about his life. I, I don't think Eli is like his brother where he's going to, you know, definitely he's going to want to go someplace new. I mean, you know, his, his family's here. He, he's built a house in Union County. I mean, this is where Eli is. I think Eli wants to be a giant forever. And I just think that he's, a, he's not going to rock the boat. And I, I don't think that. I mean, look, maybe, maybe the Giants decide they've got to completely blow us up. But I do think he's back next year just because of the money and because of the fact that, you know, as Dan said, they're stuck. I mean, they're completely stuck. This is what happens when you – I think – and this is, was probably always inevitable. I mean, they, they always were going to have to pay, you know, the, the check at some point for the, the big free agent spending spree. I just think they thought that they would have, you know, a championship out of it. But – you know, this is is what it is. So, you know, <laughs> it's a mess. And I, I think Giants fans need to stop saying, oh, they're a left tackle away or, oh, they're this away. No, you're not. You're a ways away. You're not contending this year. You're probably not contending next year. It's probably time to tear it down. It just depends on how drastic the teardown is going to be. You know, I look at the season moving forward, and, and we're talking about teardown and how much that time they have left. Dan, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that there still are 11 weeks to go? And I don't mean for fans who have to watch the games. I mean, let's just use the perspective of John Mara having to make decisions. I almost feel it's easier if if today or yesterday was week 17, right? Just uh. axe everybody, get them all out. This team's awful. Over the next 11 weeks, they're likely going to win a couple games. They're going to have mm. some young players. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> Likely might be a bit strong. Okay, they might win a couple games. <laughs> they probably will have, or they can't have weeks worse than yesterday, right? Yesterday is probably, Monday, Sunday was probably the worst day they're going to have all year, all things considered. Do you think that clouds judgment should? I mean, they have 11 weeks to see the coach try to work through this. 11 weeks to see some young guys maybe start to get in there. I almost feel like that. It would make it harder on an ownership group to say, ah, maybe I don't know now. Like, do you think they'll just be cold and calculating about what they have to do? Or do you think these next 11 weeks could make it more difficult? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to the start of your question. I, I think it would be better if it was week 17 because, yeah, you could just make the decisions, you know, rip off the Band-Aid. Uh, and I think the next 11 games, it's going to be brutal. Like, I, I, again, I just you can't overlook the fact that Odell was the only thing that really gave this team a chance uh, offensively. They're going into Denver on Sunday night. Most likely without Odell, most likely without Brandon Marshall, most likely without Sterling Shepard. I mean, my goodness, against that pass rush, that defense, it is going to be a bloodbath. Um, so I, and I think there's going to be a few more of those on the schedule. So uh, it's going to be absolutely painful. I mean, now listen, if they somehow, behind Travis Rudolph, and now there's a report out that Tavares King is coming back, if these guys come and these 
plucky little underdogs get to eight and eight, and they're fighting and clawing against the NFC East teams, even if they're not going to make the playoffs, but they they spoil the Eagles or the Cowboys, whatever. If that somehow happens, that obviously bodes well for McAdoo. I mean, listen, he's going to have to go all out to win these games. Uh, you know, it's, it's like it goes back to what we were talking about last week with tanking. I mean, there's no tanking going on because McAdoo, if they go two and 14, he will tank for someone else to get a high draft pick. So they're going to go all out, and if somehow that happens, then sure. That might uh, cloud the situation, and it would be tough probably to fire him if they you know, win four out of five games at the end, even if they're meaningless, because it would leave a good taste probably in Mara's mouth. I think they do need to be cold and calculating. And just look at the big picture, uh, that it's just a flawed setup. I mean, it, yeah. even now, it's, it's kind of tough. It's unfair a little bit. But you look back at 11-5, and five, they won so many games that they either had no business winning or they made a you know a big stand late that very easily could have gone the other way. Uh, it's easy to say now in hindsight, but that was clearly an inflated record. I mean, all the uh, you know the the sabermetrics type of breakdowns. This was not an eleven and five team last year, but hey, the guys rose the occasion. You give them credit for that. Um, but and just as just as they're probably not this bad, but nothing's going their way. They're not making any breaks themselves. Uh, but I think you have to just look at the big picture again. I don't think they're going to go eight and eight no matter what. But I think no matter what happens these last 11 games, I think there's enough evidence that this isn't working. And I think it would be kind of foolish to, to get fooled by a couple of good games late in the season if that does happen. Like I said earlier, it would be, it'd be foolish to use Odell's injuries and alibi. Um, but, I mean, I think, I think the decision can be made for them because, I, again, I just can't see with the lack of offensive talent they're going to have now, this team putting any sort of run together. So. Uh, I think it'll be an easy decision based on the results on the field, whether it's you know based on right now or what, what we're going to see over the next 11 weeks. I think the, the same conclusion will be reached. Going 8-8 eight, eight, go eight eight would be the worst thing that could happen to this franchise. Going 6-10 and ten would probably be the worst thing that could happen to this franchise. Because if they go 6-10 and ten or 8-8, eight and eight, they're going to go up there and they're going to say, well, you know, we, we lost two games by a field goal. We could have been 2-3. and three. Odell got hurt, blah, blah, blah. You can't bring this whole team back next year, slap a couple of Band-Aids on it, and just say, okay, Super Bowl now. Now we're going to – it's over. You have to blow this up, whether that means you, you take care of the leadership or the roster. It, you have to make major changes. And I just feel that if you go – if they and, and Dan's right. They're not – I don't – look at their schedule. I mean, I think they're going to have a hard time getting to four wins. I don't think they're going to get to eight. But even When's they, the first win? I was looking at it last night. They have, I have no I have no, no idea. So I it's mean, Denver on Sunday. That's not happening. No. Uh, Seattle comes in after that. I know Seattle's a weird team on the road, but that's not happening. Nope. By week, the Rams come in. The Rams are just better than them. I mean, maybe that's a wacky game because the Rams are still young and traveling. But that's mid-November. I mean, we're talking mid-November without a <laughs> they're gonna go to They're going to go to San Francisco, but they're going to have to fly across the country. Uh, hey, James, if they can't beat the Niners, I don't know. If yeah, that's, no, that's I mean, I, I said 3-13 and 13 on Twitter late Sunday night, early Monday morning. I forget. I mean, I think week 17 against the Redskins at home. I mean, the Redskins could be out of it. They could be mailing it in. Uh, week 16 in, in Arizona, I mean, I, I think – I think the, the, the Cardinals are just – the Cardinals – honestly, the Cardinals are, are basically, if you think about it, they're sort of a cautionary tale for the Giants. Yeah. They point. went 8-8 eight, eight last – I mean, that's – they base, that's what the Giants are. I mean, they're, they're kind of the, the Cardinals, except the Cardinals had a little bit more playoff success. And I think their head coach knows what he's doing a little bit more. But I think that, yeah, I mean, maybe the Cardinals, if it's just two god-awful teams on Christmas Eve, I mean, maybe – I mean, it's just – look, I, 
it's very possible this is going to end up being the worst season record-wise in franchise history. I mean, that's that's pretty jarring for what they came into. Yeah, it is. And when you put it that way, I mean, that's that's kind of what, why we had this conversation today, that, that this house might get cleaned out. I mean, I don't, I don't know how anyone recovers from uh, GM to the head coach to the quarterback. If that's the way it, it ends up, it's I just can't see they roll anything a part of this back next year. All right. Um, let's wrap with this. Let's just look forward from this perspective. Wins and losses, who knows? I mean, I think we all think they're going to lose on Sunday when you guys go to Denver. But just what do you think? Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, and our producer Andrew pointed this out. Uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but this has been out there. It is ironic. It's it's just it is what it is. The Giants haven't won a game since that photo on the boat. What, do you? Th- I mean, that story, which was so big heading to that playoff game, you guys were inundated with it last year heading into to Green Bay. I, I thought it would go away, but now it's Dan. It's kind of resurfaced because. Because the internet is having with the idea that they haven't won a game since that photo was taken down in Miami. Hey, listen, the curses have been started over less. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's not just the team has you know you know gone in the toilet since then. Odell with the, now two injuries and one obviously being catastrophic. Sterling Shepard had an injury scare in the summer and he's injured again. Uh, Victor Cruz career ended has not you know has not seen the field since the game after the boat trip. Uh, Roger Lewis somehow is the one guy who survived, the guy who everyone I think was like, what, what's Roger Lewis even doing there? And he should be cut. And he's the one guy who, you know, comes through the touchdown catch and is probably going to you know, be the team's leading receiver going forward. So that's uh, he's maybe the one outlier there. But I think, uh, hey, listen, I don't I don't think it's true that there's a curse. I'm not a big believer in that as someone from Boston. I know that, uh, you know, they can be broken. But, you know, it's hey, it's as good a theory as any because it's hard to understand how this team was cruising along 11 and five and has just. Every, it's been Murphy's Law. Everything that could go wrong since that boat trip has gone wrong. And then you, one thing that I will say, if you step back a little bit more of a serious note, Ben McAdoo has been a player's coach from day one. And that boat trip is exhibit A of why it's not a good idea to be a player's coach. It just really doesn't work. It does. I don't think it works at all in the NFL. There's too many guys, too many big personalities. You can't make concessions for stuff. Listen, he couldn't prevent them from going on the trip. You know, it's their off day. But the way he kind of excused it, and, and I think he kind of wishes he probably didn't in hindsight because he's made some comments that, you know, he, he wishes they made better decisions off the field or whatnot. But I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the cracks you're seeing is, and maybe and this is me just drawing some conclusions, is maybe him being a little too easy on these guys. He, you know, he, they're veterans and, and he trusts them to always make the right decisions. And, and they clearly didn't last year with that. And, and just some of these, these little cracks we're starting to see now, it's going to be tough for him to start cracking the whip. Because he's kind of let him get away with things. Oh, he plays music at practice. All this nonsense that meant nothing, but got trumpeted as, oh, wow, he's so innovative. He's so different. I mean, football coaches have pretty much been the same way from the beginning of time. Uh, kind of that hard-ass Bear Bryant mentality. And that's what works. And I think McAdoo tried to be this connect with the millennials guy. And maybe it worked that first year, especially because he was such a contrast from, from Coughlin. But now his leadership is being put to the test. And clearly it's failing. The team is failing in close games, stupid mistakes, bad penalties, all that type of thing. So uh, that's a roundabout way of saying that maybe the boat itself isn't the curse, but it was a symptomatic of the bigger issues maybe within this team. All right, James, let's end with this. And that's a good point Dan made there. Just the, the style that McAdoo brought and, and how it's kind of evolving as the year goes on. It leads me my last question for you guys. 11 games to go. Forget wins and losses. What do you expect 
from a competitive standpoint, and I mean from the Giants competing, not the game scores, do you get the sense, and it's just a guess, I mean, none of us know, but James, do you get the sense, we'll go to you and then Dan to, uh, to end it, that they're going to they're gonna bust it for the next 11 weeks? We see this once in a while where bad teams do bust it and play hard and push teams, and then you see sometimes, and it doesn't happen you know, right away, it could happen three, four, five weeks from now, they just quit. And they'll lose games by 30 points. I mean, it happens in the NFL where teams do that. What's your sense with this group going down the stretch of this season, considering where we're at? Yeah, I, I think, well, let me start. 2015, uh, that was my first year in the beat. They busted it for Tom. Yeah, they did. They, they, they did not quit on Tom. Now, look, I this, and this is not a, a slight on McAdoo, but, you know, Tom Coughlin's Tom Coughlin. Uh, he, you know, he's not Ben McAdoo. I, I don't think has the control of that locker room and the cat, you know, like the way Tom did. Now, I, I think if they start losing every game by wide margins, then, you know, John Mara's decision on the head coach is probably going to be made for him. I do think that, you know, you have to be careful of a couple things. One, there are probably some games on this schedule that they were, they're just naturally going to lose no matter how, hard they play. I mean, I think the Denver coming up might be one of them. When the Chiefs come here, you know, that's another one. You know, if the Raiders get themselves righted, you know, that's another one. So I still, I, I do think that, you know, the, the Giants can still play hard every week, but still end up with a couple of really ugly losses when this is all said and done. I just think the the real dangerous spot for the Giants would be sort of like I think what happened to a point in Rex's final year with the Jets, where for the most part they played hard, but you know there were like those games against the Bills where they just completely were you know folded like a cheap suit. Uh, ben McAdoo can't have that, especially against division opponents. You have three of your final four games against division rivals at home. Uh, you cannot give up a thirty-point loss to any of those teams at MetLife Stadium. I think that'll be the true test. So I, I as of now, I, I think that McAdoo will have the guys playing hard for him. I don't know if it's going to necessarily show on the scoreboard every week, but that's not really what the focus has to be. The focus has to be on the on-field product. But, I mean, like, for instance, if, if they go out and lose by 30 points to the 49ers in a couple of weeks, I mean, that will be like, okay, this is done. So for now, I, I think, you know, it's a lot of young guys who I, I think, you know, they're just kind of – I mean, a lot of these guys on this team are, are fighting for jobs for their careers. So I, I think in that sense, the fact that it's a young team means they're going to play hard. But I think that it's – I'm a lot less certain that this is going to last at this level for 11 weeks now that the season's gone than I would have been if Tom Coughlin was the head coach. Dan, how do you feel? Then they're going to play hard all year or do you think at some point this thing gets ugly? Uh, I mean, I think they'll play hard, you know, to an extent, um, you know, if, if it gets real ugly, then yeah, maybe they mail in the last couple of games, but you know, who knows, maybe they, you know, have like one of those games, they really rally and surprise and like beat the Seahawks at home. Um, cause again, there, there still is some talent on this team. It's not like they're devoid of talent. Um, the fact that Odell's out, I keep going back to that point. That just makes it hard for me to imagine them actually beating a good team because I just don't see how they'd be able to score enough points. Uh, you know, that's just such a huge loss and the offense is going to be so hopeless without him. So that, I mean, I think that they could have fought hard with Odell and definitely, you know, upset a team here. I don't know that they can really do that just because uh, the offense just doesn't have any firepower. 
But, you know, I think that um, the other thing to keep an eye on is the injury list. Uh, you know, I'm not saying guys are faking anything or dogging anything, but it's a little tougher to come back from that tweaked hamstring or that rolled ankle when the team's 0-6, 0-7. Um, you know, again, I'm not singling any player out. I don't know the severity of any of their injuries. I'm just saying it. the injury list does grow a little bit longer. And as you get deeper into the season and it's a lost season, again, guys are always going to be selfish. They're going to look out for number one. Well, I'm going to be a free agent. Am I really going to you know, lay it on the line in, in week 14 on a you know, 2 and 11 team? Or am I going to, you know, take the week off, make sure everything's right? You know, that type of deal. So I think that that obviously will hurt the overall outlook for the team if, if you know, good players, if starters uh, are nursing, you know, nagging injuries a little bit more. Can't even say I'd fault the players. I mean, obviously, you would love to see them all go all out uh, at all times. But like I said, you got to look out for number one. And, and I think that's just human nature. And, uh, you know, no one's going to want to admit that or say that. But it is a consideration you have to keep in mind. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably going to get ugly. I don't, you know, I think that they'll be able to be competitive in most games. Um, but, again, without Odell, I just, I just can't see that really translating to wins. I have no idea what's going to happen the next 11 weeks. I just know we're going to be here every week talking about it. And each week, uh, it's going to be something different than I would have predicted for that particular week after the game. The coach is on the hot seat. The GM has been on the hot seat for years. I'm sure as the weeks go on, Eli, just because of where he's at with his age and the situation will be on it as well as we move forward. James, thanks for doing this. Enjoy a trip to Denver. Denver's really like a cool city, so enjoy that, and uh, and we'll catch up on the game and, and whatever this team looks like next week. You got it, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Talk is Chief. We'll be back next week. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere listen to podcasts. We're there. Leave us a rating. Help the show grow. We'll be with you as the Giants try to figure out their mess over the course of this 2017 season. Thanks for listening.